calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Buffy and Frodo were in the Hogwarts library late into the night, prepping for the final trek into Mordor. Liz, I have to stop you. Why? Because this already sounds like the greatest story of all time. World Steelers! (laughs) This is... World Stealers. The show where we uh, take a world that somebody else made that we have fallen in love with and adapt into all of our brain fantasies and then we make our brain fantasies into text. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that was a really good version. Ah, yes. like we have another celebrity cameo coming in to uh, talk about what we do here on the show. Who do we have this time? Hi, I'm Keanu Reeves. No way. Uh, Yes, and I'm here to tell you about what World Stealers is about. Tell us, Keanu. It's about (laughs) two women. (laughs) (laughs) Two women who come together to... To pick a fandom, you know, like the Matrix, which is a, <laughs> which is a franchise. And then, Keanu, are you feeling bad that we haven't done the Matrix yet? It's coming. I know it's coming <laughs> because I know everything. Because some Keanu Reeves, mm, anyway. And uh, and then they pick a, a genre, and then they write an original fan fiction in that genre, and then they read it here for you, and you listen. That is all. Thank you, Thank you, Keanu. It's really great that you it's came exactly to give do. us a synopsis of what our show's about. Hi, Liz. Welcome back for another week. Hi, Kate. What's going on? Oh, you know, we're doing the second half of your story. And oh, I'm, I'm so excited. So excited. Oh. But I wanted to cover a little bit of, um, uh, just for everyone out there, this is a little bit of like Harry Potter themed questions. Yeah. Um, so we could learn about each other before we get to our fan fiction. I think that's great. So Liz. Kate. If you were going to be an animagus, which we should clarify is the ability to turn into like a familiar, right? Like mm-hmm. an, an yeah, animal. Yeah, you have an animal. Right, Padfoot. Yeah. And they were all animagus. Mooney Wormtail, Padfoot Prongs, Professor right. McGonagall. Professor McGonagall. Cat with specs. Exactly. Uh, what would you be? So that's a really good question. Okay. I think I would go with some kind of bird. Like, okay. I would love the ability to fly. 
Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with like an eagle, maybe. Oh. Or like even a raven. I think ravens are cool. They're really smart birds. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter how smart the animal is because it's not really an animal right, to you right, as right, the right. animal. But yeah, I think I would go with with a bird of some sort. Okay. Um, like a is it something that like channels the inside of you? Or well, that's my that's the question. I don't know that we're. Is like, it something you want? Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that part of of wizarding lore is never quite made explicit in the books. Like, do you decide? Yeah, that you're gonna turn into a certain type of animal or is it just you master the ability of being an animagus and then the animal just comes to you whatever because because if, if it was the animal just coming to me I don't know I don't know yeah that's two questions it's what right. animal do you want to be and what animal do you think you are I would want to fucking fly I would want to be a bird so cool cool, yeah. cool so ravens and like crows very smart yeah um and also it's cool to be scary yeah I could see like being a raven or a crow being like a good blend of like me plus what I would want. Yeah. Ooh, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe this is a question that's better posed to you. What do you think mine would be? And then I'll tell you what I think yours would be. Oh, okay. Um, God, I, now that you've said it, I'm definitely leaning towards like a bird, but I don't know if you're as dark as a crow or a raven. Mm-hmm. So maybe even more like a falcon, not okay. a hawk. It's too big, like a small, smart, Falcon and Small like and mean, yeah. But like falcon or falcons are loyal. You know, sometimes falcon ears have you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, I could see that. Okay, but you're it. still like you'll eat mice and shit. Like you're still yeah. you're not afraid to like Dude, get your talons dirty. You know, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well for years, what would you want to turn into if you could just a hippo? Go on. Okay, I love the water. Mm-hmm. I'm a big water person. Grew up on the beach. I'd want to be in the water most of my life, if possible. But I still like being land capable. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to eat a lot. They eat all day. I'm really into that. They're also like very pushy and bossy and kind of mean. Like they dominate their river and they like don't fuck around. And they're very like, like if you were to roll up to them on your boat, they might destroy your boat. And I like that idea because I'm a small little person, and it would be so cool for me. I feel like my personality is very big and I want to push people around with my personality but what if I was a hippo and I could just legit push people around yeah I could see that yeah so those are very like being charged by a hippo right isn't it's super dangerous more people die of that than yeah. of shark attacks every year yeah, or something respect, there's some statistic like that to hippo, respect man. to hippo man and they also just look cool you know yeah they do a lot of cool things I like I would love to be a hippo it's not very practical for like you know getting around or solving mysteries but if you want, you can be a bird on my back. Yeah. Great. Falcon I'm hanging in. out on a hippo back. What do you think I would be? I mean, I like hippo for you a lot. Cool, cool. Thanks. Um, I would also say, and I don't mean this to be, I don't mean to denigrate you in any way, but I would say like Uh-oh. some sort of dog. Oh, I know. I am very like dog-like. Like, just just yeah. personality wise. Like I could see like a retriever or a lab. You still uh- get like the swimming in. <laughs> but also because like. Dogs are loyal, and mm-hmm. if you fuck around with their people, they're mean as fuck. That's true. I am, I can be very feisty when yeah. it comes to not being a nice person. Yeah, dogs mm-hmm. will dogs will mess with your shit. They'll you bite you. Yeah, but I'll also slobber on you and jump on you. Yeah, <laughs> maybe even like a I don't know. Taking aside the swimming, like maybe even like a pit bull. Oh, I would love to be a pit bull. Because actually, they're super friendly, chill yeah. dogs. Yeah. Like, but really loyal and. Mm-hmm. You don't mess with a pit bull. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. We would make great wizards. We would. Uh, what happened there? What ha- I don't know. We never, we missed our letter. I have a theory that my mom hid it. Mm. You know? I could see my, par- my parents were actually very explicit in that 
they don't like boarding schools. They don't think they think it's like sending your children away to be essentially raised by other children. Yeah. Uh, so I think my parents kept me away from Ilvermorny. Okay. Yeah, that and makes I'm a lot of sense. Very upset with I them. I think the same thing for me, Sue, really. Tim, I know what you did. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Where's Harry? He's a trapping, he's a dog, he's an animagus. This week's fan fiction is the second half of Liz's story for our Harry Potter finale extravaganza. The first half of Liz's fan fiction is in episode nine, the one before this. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and learn all of the things about Ilvermorny, the American wizarding school that Draco transfers to in this story. And y'all... We need to talk about Draco. After the Battle of Hogwarts, Draco's permanent record is not looking so good. He became a Death Eater, and his loyalty to his family put him on the wrong side of the Wizarding War. He helped Voldemort a lot, granted, in exchange for the release of his father, Lucius, but he was also integral in the death of Dumbledore. Draco disarmed Dumbledore so that Voldemort could cast the killing curse, but funny enough, this was also the reason that Harry was able to control the Elder Wand later over the Dark Lord. Needless to say, Draco's childhood was hella complicated, and he was never really able to shake off the bigotry of his background or the guilt of the things that he'd done. Shout out to JK for making even her evil characters deep and reminding us that people raised to hate are capable of terrible things. But they're also capable of change if they just allow themselves to learn from it. Okay, okay, so let's get into the second half of this story. I'm so excited. Okay, right. Where do we leave off? Can we get like a recap of the last one? Yeah, so we left off so... It's still school hasn't officially started yet. This is all the first half of the story took place the day and night before school. So mm-hmm. uh, Draco has come to Ilvermorny to do sort of a repeat of his final year. He didn't yeah. you know, quite finish that final year. Yeah. Never came back from spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's being shown around by Eloise Bragg, mm-hmm. Ellie, um, who is, you know, a sort of a dorky, nerdy, like, Student counselly, but like bouncy, confident, yeah. yeah. The the type of person, and I think this is like the type of person that I was in high school who like who likes teachers and who teachers like who's like comfortable enough giving teachers a little bit of shit. But like you would choose to represent the school, like she's going to be a good, friendly, like school outreach type yeah. of person. So they and they sort of 
she now knows about Draco's past. He yes. has admitted this to her, which, you know, big step for him. We had a reveal of a new uh, Scottish professor. A new teacher, yeah, Professor mm-hmm. Trimble. Mm-hmm. Um, I made her Scottish for a couple of reasons, but also just to, like, keep the accents distinct or to keep the character voices distinct. Yeah, good it's idea. part of my um, motivation there. Uh, so we're about to start school. The school year is about to start. Cool. Uh, yeah, Drago and Ellie have bonded a little bit. They're sort mm-hmm. of friendly. Um, they played a little Quidditch together, and and here we go. We're about okay. to start. I'm ready. Okay. The year began as it always did. Students flooded the school. The new ones were sorted. Classes started up again. Everyone put off their studies to spend time outside while the weather was still warm. Draco made the Thunderbird Quidditch team and found himself, if not surrounded by friends, at least with a few teammates he could reliably eat lunch with. He saw Ellie in classes and at practices, but they found themselves so busy with schoolwork that they didn't have all that much time to talk. Even so, Draco found it comforting that one person besides Professor Breckenridge knew his secret and didn't seem to hate him for it. Day to day, Draco found himself getting along at Ilvermorny just fine. Yet night after night, he found himself waking up in a cold sweat, having dreamt he was back at the astronomy tower with a weak, sick Dumbledore, or around the long table at Malfoy Manor as Charity Burbage twirled helplessly in the air, or in the drawing room under the great glass chandelier watching Hermione Granger scream. Only in his dreams, it was he who cast the killing curses, who laughed with delight as he shrieked, Crucio! Even after he awoke, tangled in his his sheets, the thought stayed with him. It might as well have been you. It was your fault anyway. The beginning of this story is so J.K. Rowling. Thank you. It, I, the whole like, like being able, like the way she's, she moves through time, the way she has like months of school pass, but you kind of understand what's going on anyway. And also like incorporating dreams. I feel like dreams are very JK. Yeah. Holy shit. Like this could have. Yeah. Very JK. And also like kind of true, I think, to the way that people deal with trauma sometimes when they're not really dealing with their trauma. Yeah. This feels like it was. I mean, this is better than the cursed child. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. This is a better fan fiction than that. Thank you. The bar is low because Uh, obviously that is terrible. Terrible play. This is great. Um, But thank you. That's that is really amazing to hear. You're welcome. Please continue. One night, after a particularly vivid nightmare, he lay in bed, wide awake. Finally, giving up on the possibility of sleep, he made his way out to the common room, hoping a change of scenery would soothe him. To his surprise, Ellie was there as well, chin in her hands, frowning into the fire. She looked up as she heard him enter. Hey. Hey, can't sleep? No. You? Gotta plan a fundraiser for prom. Do you think people would buy T-Birds jackets in Thunderbird? Like from Greece? What? Never mind, you're the wrong person to ask. What's up with you? You look kind of terrible. No offense. Nightmare. Oh. More stuff? Yeah. They sat in silence for a moment, staring at the fire. Do you want some tea or something? Nah, thanks. Professor Trimble has been asking me to stay for tea with her after every class. I didn't know it was possible, but I think I'm sick of tea. Score one for truth, justice, and the American way. Ellie paused, looking hard at Draco's drawn white face. Well, do you want to talk about it? The dreams, I mean? Not Trimble's weird crush on you. Draco smiled. I think she just wants news from England. She seems lonely. He hesitated, then went on. I saw some terrible things. And did some. And ever since I got here, I can't get them out of my head. I hear their voices, and I see them in my dreams. 
It doesn't help that Trimble keeps asking about the battle. If I was there, who I knew, what I saw. Have you told her? About this? Drago touched his arm. No. I'm a pretty good liar. Something I used to be very proud of. Have you spoken to anyone? Besides you? Yeah, like a professional, maybe? Draco shook his head, not meeting her eyes. I'm afraid they'll tell me I actually am crazy. When I say I'm hearing voices, I don't mean memories. I mean actually hearing voices. Do you think I'm going insane? I think trauma can do some weird shit to your brain. And I think you should talk to someone. But I don't think you're insane. Thanks. Okay. I don't want to bypass the amazing reference between the T-Birds and the Thunderbirds. Thank you. I just want to <laughs> I want to go back to that. The prom planning, amazing. So good, of course, that would be their prom theme. Um, Fun fact, also, Ilvermorty does have a prom. That yeah. is, as far as I can tell. I love it. Um, but I also, I really like the scene because I think it's really... It's setting up some good stuff. It's setting up good stuff. Good stuff. You've got solid character development with the way that Ellie is always like one for the Americans and how British <laughs> are so weird. And also like what is going on with Professor Trimble? And then also totally believable that Draco would be feeling this way. I just and that he's hearing voices like how Potter-esque. I know. I just oh, I love a good, so good nightmare slash voice hearing, you know? Oh, I love it. Okay, 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 okay. What happens? All right. I'm yelling. I'm sorry. I think trauma can do some weird shit to your brain. And I think you should talk to someone. But I don't think you're insane. Thanks. They lapsed back into silence. Finally, Draco stood up. I should head back to bed. Thanks for not thinking I'm crazy. Anytime. And dude, maybe no more tea with Trimble for a while. Dragging up all those memories, it can't be helping. Draco smiled vaguely. Yeah, you're probably right. The weeks wore on, and every time Ellie saw Draco, he looked worse. Dark circles bloomed under his eyes, and he seemed to have lost weight. He started missing practices, then classes... Finally, Ellie went to Professor Breckenridge. The door to his office, as was his usual custom, was wide open, and he smiled as Ellie walked in and gestured to the comfortable armchair across from his desk. Breckenridge was the rare administrator who truly enjoyed his students, and Ellie had been in his office many times. She settled herself in and took the ginger nude he offered. He took one himself and settled back into his own chair. Eloise, what's on your mind? I loved your idea for the fundraiser. T-bird jackets. Hilarious. They'll sell like iced pumpkin juice on a hot day. Uh -huh. I love Professor Breckenridge. He is just one. He's just joyous and wonderful. I love he was him. fun to write. I just oh, really like him. <laughs> enjoyed it. Thanks, Professor. But actually, I'm here to talk about Draco Malfoy. You asked me to keep an eye on him, and he seems, like, not good. Go on. Professor Breckenridge looked suddenly serious. He's losing weight and missing class. He told me about his involvement. That's some pretty heavy shit. Eloise, sorry, stuff. And Professor, between you and me, he told me he was having nightmares. And I wouldn't break his confidence normally, but he seems to be getting worse. And I've tried to grab him after Quidditch practice, but I think he's avoiding me. Indeed. Perhaps it's time I spoke with him myself. Don't worry, I won't betray my source, but it sounds like the time has come to get some outside help. 
Ellie felt a wave of relief. Thanks, Professor. Of course. Thank you for coming to me. Ellie stood up to head out the door, then stopped, remembering something. Oh, Professor? Hmm? How much do the teachers know about his involvement? As far as I know, nothing. It's common knowledge that his parents were on the wrong side, but it wasn't widely publicized that he himself was the Death Eater. I thought perhaps it might bias the teachers against him, so I kept it to myself. Professor Trimble might know more than the others, being a Brit herself, though she's been in the States since she married an American about 15 years ago. Why do you ask? No reason. Just curious. I am also very curious. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what? What's happening to Draco? Oh. I, uh, what? Just, wait, just wait. What is Professor Trimble doing to him? Is just, that the twist? I mean, just... Okay, I'm sorry. I have to wait. I know. I'm just wait, so excited. Just okay, this is very good. I know that you talked down <laughs> about how you didn't write a good mystery, but I am... This is very mysterious, and I want to know. Thank you. Okay. That night, the dark mark appeared above Thunderbird Tower. <gasps> what? Ah, what? The Pukwaji Quidditch team noticed it first as they headed back to the castle after a late practice. They were more curious than fearful, many never having seen it before. However, as word reached the teachers, the level of panic in the castle rose. Students were confined to their common rooms with the exception of the Thunderbirds, who were sent to the Great Hall. Once all students were accounted for, they were told to stay put while the teachers figured out what to do. Ellie found Draco lurking at the edge of the hall, looking terrified. It wasn't me, he burst out as soon as he saw her. I I swear it wasn't me. Okay, she said quietly, looking around and leading him away from a gaggle of curious third years. I believe you. I think it was for me, though. A a warning or or something. I should have known I couldn't get away. I should have known he'd follow me here. Who? You know who? Him. Voldemort? Shh. Draco glanced wildly around, as if expecting the Dark Lord to walk into the brightly lit hall. Draco, he's dead. Is he? He wasn't last time. Well, this time he is. How do you know? Everyone knows. Look, I think you should talk to Professor Breckenridge. I can't. I'm sure he thinks it's me. He doesn't. I talked to him the other day and... You talked to him? About me? About what I told you? Yes, I'm sorry, but I was worried and I trusted you. I know, and I'm sorry, but Draco, if there's something you should know about... I don't want to hear it. I never should have trusted a mudblood. (gasps) Draco, back to your old ways, Draco. And before she could say another word, he was out the door, running down the corridor and out of sight. Ellie watched him go, momentarily stunned. Then, glancing around to be sure she wasn't watched, she hurried after him. Draco pounded down the hallway and away from the sound of voices. He wasn't sure where he was going, but he knew he couldn't trust anyone. He had to get away. Draco! Professor Trimble's voice came out of the darkness. She stepped into his path, lighting her wand as she did so. Draco skidded to a halt, nearly knocking her over. Sorry, Professor. Draco, are you alright? Where are you going? Nowhere. I just... Nowhere. You should be in the dining hall with the rest of your house. I know. I just... I had to get away. She smiled up at him. Well, of course you did. This must be so much more frightening for you than for the others. Come along. My office is close. Let me make you a cup of tea. Draco, with no more strength left to refuse, let himself be led down the hall. Trimble's office was spare and tidy, much like she was. Not a single personal item or muggle artifact cluttered the room. Draco sat in what had become his usual chair as she put the kettle on the fire and took two mugs out of her desk drawer, dropping a tea bag into each. As the water boiled, she sat facing Draco, smiling. 
It must have been quite a shock to see the dark mark here tonight. Draco nodded, swallowing. He didn't trust himself to speak, not sure he could keep the panic out of his voice. The kettle began to boil, and she took it off the fire. Such an effective way of causing terror. I can see why, the, why you know who chose it. She spoke softly, pouring hot water into the mugs and handing one to Draco. Tell me, Draco, did you ever cast it yourself? Draco's eyes widened in surprise, even as he took the mug from her small, bony hand. What? I asked if you'd ever conjured the dark mark yourself after a kill. Oh, come now, Draco. You don't expect me to believe that you spent nearly two years as a Death Eater and never once killed, do you? I know you couldn't quite get the job done with Albus Dumbledore, but surely there were others. What the fuck? No, I never... I swear, I never... What about her, Draco? Did you kill her? Was it you that cast the final curse? Or did you just stand by and watch her die? Who? What are you talking about? Who? How dare you ask who? Charity Burbage, that's who! Draco gasped sharply. Her face. He knew she had looked familiar. It wasn't quite the same, a little less round, a bit sharper featured, but still. He could see her in his mind's eye, head lolling as she floated above the table, sobbing, <gasps> helpless. You're her. Her sister, yes. Prudence Trimble, nay, Burbage. Imagine how pleased I was to hear you'd chosen Ilvermorny to finish your schooling. At Hogwarts, you'd have been protected. But of course you wanted to start over. Couldn't face what you'd done. And so you fell right into my lap. She paused and leveled her wand at him. He sat absolutely still. It's funny. Even at a school as egalitarian as Ilvermorny professes to be, no one really pays attention to the Muggle Studies teacher. What other class could I have gotten away with doing nothing but playing Golden Age musicals and jazz? She laughed to herself. Now, my real talent, Draco, is potions. You've been drinking tea with me all these months and never noticed that the dreams would get worse right after and the voices would be just a little bit louder. Draco looked down in horror at his mug. I thought for a while I might just drive you insane, but you've proven surprisingly resilient. Or perhaps you just don't care enough to go mad. Either way, I've grown bored. It's time to finish you off. So, as they say in every American movie, any last words? Whoa! Whoa, the twist is so good! Thanks! Okay, all right. This is, I, I, I have so much epilogue to this. Let's, like, I, I, go. Okay, okay. <sighs> Draco looked at her. Her eyes were wide, full of pain and rage and hatred. He saw Charity Burbage once more, saw her die, saw Nagini slither towards her lifeless body. I... I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. I didn't kill her, but I saw her die. I should have stopped him. I was scared. I'm sorry. Trimble paused. Her wand lowered slightly, and she shook her head and a mad grin crept, across her, crept back across her face. I don't believe you, little boy. But it doesn't matter anyway. Avada Expelliarmus! Ellie stood in the doorway, <gasps> eyes blazing and one raised. <laughs> All right. Oh, lady hero. Always. I love it. Ellie stood in the doorway, eyes blazing, wand raised. She caught Trimble's wand as it flew through the air. With a wordless shriek, Trimble leapt at her, but Draco, now on his feet, drew his wand and yelled, Perfectus Totalis! 
Trimble fell to the ground, stiff as a board, eyes wide and glaring. Ellie and Draco looked at one another, panting. How did you know? I looked her up. Old newspaper archives of her wedding announcement. After I spoke with Breckenridge, I just wanted to see who she was before she married and moved here. Found her maiden name, but couldn't figure out why it sounded so familiar until I saw the mark. Then I remembered what you said about Charity Burbage from your dreams. Finally, looking away, Draco managed. Thanks. Oh, sure. Ellie responded, putting on a casual tone. Well, I couldn't let her kill our seeker. Now, maybe we go get a teacher? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Something that never happened in the Harry Potter books. I know, which always Should drove me Should we go get a teacher for nuts. this? I was like, we, sh- we should get like an adult. An adult. <laughs> where, where are the adults at Hogwarts? <laughs> I love it. Ellie and Draco stood at the front gate. Draco, surrounded by his trunks, looked thin and tired, but his face was peaceful. So, you're sure you don't want to finish out the year? Yeah. Trimble was nuts, but she was right. Running away to the States isn't going to make anything better. I need to face up to some stuff back home. How are the nightmares? Better. Back to normal nightmares. The kind I was having without any help. Well, that's good, I guess. Yeah. Hey, Ellie? I'm sorry I called you a mudblood. I didn't mean it. Oh, yeah, I know. It's okay. I owe you a punch in the face, though, so I'll collect on that at some point. Drago smiled. That seems fair. Anyway, you should get going before my mother gets here. Are you ashamed of me? No, I'm not. It's just... My family is... complicated. It's okay, I'm joking. I should get to the pitch anyway. We're trying out your replacement. Right. Sorry. It's okay. I understand. The rest of the team hates you, but I understand. Draco smiled. Right. Well. Yeah. He held out his hand. Ellie grinned and rolled her eyes. Pure bloods. She hugged him as he stood unmoving, shocked. Then she turned quickly away and jogged up the hill toward the Quidditch pitch. He watched her until she faded then turned back around, facing the forest and the village below. It was time to go home. Oh, it's so complete. What a complete story. Thank you. I and wish I had also more satisfying time. And also just, no, you don't need more time. It's beautiful just the way it is. I can't oh, wait. It's gonna, it is going to shoot up the fan fiction charts. I don't know how you do that. I don't know but what we're those make charts it happen. are, but it's happening. Oh, this was so... Good. It was such a good homage to J.K. Rowling's writing. It was such a good way to handle these characters. It was a really fun mystery. I think it stands alone. As I, this is one of my favorite stories I've read of yours yet. Thank you. This, this was really, my favorite one to write for this sure. Is really, really good. And yeah, I mean, I didn't want to like too much whitewash Draco and what mm-hmm. he did and make it seem like he'd done this but he does do a pretty <sighs> I love it's not a romance big river I yeah the I reveal. definitely I love the total like make sense roundabout like background of Professor Trimble I just fuck yeah. man you really sealed this one up well it was interesting the one moment that I like that really stuck out to me from Cursed Child is is Draco and Harry having a discussion about how jealous he had been of Harry and Ron and Hermione's friendship. Uh, yeah. And 
I don't know. I just like when I thought about that character, the thing that I think like would have made a difference is really having friends. Yeah, absolutely. And oh God, I think that's totally the purpose of those books. Yeah. And I was just like, I just want to give him a friend. Oh God, you're so nice. <laughs> I just wanted to have a friend. Oh, I love this. And this I like was... that the friend was a mudblood and. Yeah. An American. And didn't and... take it. I also think that like people like that need someone to not take them seriously. And yeah. So anyway. This was amazing. Was so much fun. You did such a good job. I'm so happy. I hope you get famous off Harry Potter fan fiction the oh, way that E.L. Uh, James has gotten famous <laughs> off Twilight fan fiction. Except that yours would be, will be better. Wonderful. Well, yours yeah, will be significantly Obviously, better. everything either of us writes will always be better than Twilight, even yeah, if it's trash. Fair, 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 fair. fair. Um, I'm sorry, Twilight heads, but those books are bad. They're, They're objectively bad. They're really bad. It's okay, though. Don't, we understand. I mean, you know what? Actually, you know what? At me. At me on Twitter. I'll have a discussion <laughs> with you about it. We'll talk about objectively why those books are bad. Uh, okay. Um, while you're yelling at Liz on Twitter, also, maybe you could rate and subscribe to us. Please you know do. If you hate us because we hate Twilight, go ahead and give us one star. I'm going to fuck. Yeah, do it. Uh, Just give us one star and be like, these bitches hate Twilight. And we we'll be like, dare you. Come at us, bro. Come at us. Um, what else? If you want to follow us and, I don't know, yell at us about Twilight on Instagram, we are at World Stealers. We are. Exactly how it's spelled uh, in the English language. Yes. <laughs> the only language we know well enough to, to write make in. A, make an Instagram handle out of it. <laughs> Um, and if you want to get in contact with us, you can check out our network page, uh, morebanana.com. This is our final episode, guys. Yeah. Oh, we'll miss you. End of season one. But know that season two is just around the corner. It's coming. It's coming along. It is coming like an oncoming storm. Which reminds me, at some point, we've got to do Doctor Who fanfic. Oh, God. 